Okay, thank you, Sidi. I get settled. I have my heating pad on my in my lap because I'm freezing after being in. It's so interesting how your body adjusts to temperature over time. Having spent those months in India, I am used to it being really warm. And I've noticed when I return after lengthy stays there now that my body set temperature is different until I stay here long enough. And so it feels really cold to me. So I'm wandering around everywhere with my heating pad. <laughs> and I'm sitting on it and holding it. And uh, it's funny what the body does. It gets used to what it needs to get used to, right? So good morning, beautiful ladies. I'm so happy to be on the same level ground as all of you back in the United States for all sorts of reasons. Um, not the least of which, which I shared in the beginning is um, blueberries, raspberries, and hot showers. Those are my my favorite things that I have returned to aside from my family. Um, yeah, it's something. I wanted to say something about the chant that City chants in our opening, the Asatoma uh, mantra. That is a very famous mantra in Eastern tradition bringing um, untruth into truth and darkness into light and um, from limited mortality into immortality. And it's one of the things, if this is not all the time, but just in the last year, Sadhguru has instigated that chant, that mantra as the one that we chant before we start a, a meeting of any sort, a gathering, a, a class, anything. We start with that and we end with that. And so when you're walking around the ashram, people are having little mini meetings all over the place. So you'll see a collection of five people or 10 people or 50 people. And you hear them just as you're walking through the space, chanting this and the intentionality of entering into a meeting and a dialogue where your intention is to move everything into this space from untruth into truth and from darkness into light, that you have a collective um, attitude about how it is that we share this time together. And it's kind of subliminal, but it really shifts how you gather. Um, it's just something that I noticed as I was wandering around how many different times I would hear groups of individuals in progress with that chant. And I thought, oh, they're entering into a meeting together and they're really conscious about how it is they're gathering. And there's something really beautiful about doing that. It's like it's opening up our meals with a prayer, um, just that we're intentional about our space that we're living into, that we just don't wander through our life, that we have, it is a limited experience. And for us to grasp every moment of it in the fullness that it can be with our intention being the forefront, not being an, a, a, in hindsight, oh, I wish I'd been more thoughtful or more aware or more listening more deeply, that in the moment we are all of those things because we bring it with us. That's the, the suitcase we unpack every time we meet with someone, that we want to be there in our fullness with our open heart and our open ears, and that we're totally present for the best outcome of this time together, which is so important on family holidays when we have different agendas and different needs and different, um, you know, fears. Families come together and what 
more intense place to experience all of the things that are surging through you than when you're in family. What gets triggered in our family gatherings is, uh, is more than I think any other kind of gathering we can go to. Here we are with our loved ones, but they bring everything up in us, all the beauty and all of the fear. And so to enter into that space, you're not going to chant acetoma, I doubt, when you gather, but to enter in with your mindset that I'm in a meeting with my family, this gathering is a meeting and that we can come with our best intention, our best open-heartedness, that we are there to allow whatever has to transpire to transpire, even when it's not in keeping with how it is that we would like it to go, because probably it won't. Extra people, liquor, too much food, carb over, overload, all of those things, people coming from different places with different expectations. It just leads to an interesting time together. So for us to be, to, for us to hold the intention for the circles, we have the power for that. It will shift, will shift what's going on. So today I wanted to share, I wanted to share a, a, an interesting little story. So I flew back two nights ago, two, two and a half days ago, from India. And um, as most of the international flights are to the US out of India, they're in the middle of the night. So my flight was leaving at 3.30 AM. And so I got on, I got settled, I went to sleep and there was, I noticed that there was a gentleman sitting across the aisle from me who looked like he was maybe Indian, maybe in his thirties. And so we all sleep, we wake up and I notice that he's like really quite agitated and he's trying to find something. He's searching, searching his hand here and there. And so I just leaned over and said, can I help you find something? And he said, I lost my glasses. And I'm like, oh, okay. So we look around and we can't find them. And I noticed that he's like not able to really, I mean, he's touching things to see what's where. And I said, can you, can you see at all? He said, no, I can't. I really, it's all a blur. I don't see anything. And I said, well, do you have an extra set of glasses with you? No. And my packed in my suitcase that's been checked. And I said, okay. Um, so we look, we look for like 40 minutes, no glasses. So we call the flight attendant. They take the whole seat apart. They look, has it gone somewhere here or there? Has it slid? People are looking under their seats all over the plane. Has it somehow moved? And he's, he's getting more agitated because he's thinking this is a connecting flight. He was going to Switzerland and he said, I will not be able to get to my gate. I can't even get off the plane. I can't see steps. I can't see anything. And he asks the flight attendant, might there be, you know, an optometrist? Is there any way to get some lenses? And they're like, probably not at the airport. You're going to have to go into town. We were stopping over in Frankfurt. And he's, he's like, okay, trying to figure out, like, how am I going to navigate from this seat to even to forget catching a flight that he had a 40 minute layover? There was no way he was going to get to that. But just how do I even navigate what has what is going on here and I started thinking about it and I was like this is so interesting because he knows he can't see so you know as a mother I'm thinking well why didn't you bring a second set of glasses I mean that seems pretty obvious to me um maybe he never loses his glasses so he didn't think about it but I started thinking about it with respect to sight and how it is we rely on all of these our senses to give us incoming information so that we can move on to the next thing and how for granted we take those senses 
that we have. And until they have been removed or altered, we don't give it much thought. But our information that we're operating off of in this vast cosmos that we live in, the information we are operating off of is both internal and external. And our sense of the senses is one path that we receive incoming information, but we also receive it on an energetic level through our third eye, through our intuition, through our ability to connect with the knowledge and wisdom that is outside of us, that is not what we're necessarily, um, we're not creating, it's part of cosmic knowledge. So I once asked Sadhguru, he said something about not the difference between knowledge and wisdom and that knowledge can be acquired, wisdom is a whole nother level. And I said, well, how does one get to, to get to that wisdom? What is, what's the path? And he said, it's a calibration, it's a vibration. And he said, anybody can enter into that information, that wisdom is available to all of us if we calibrate ourselves to be able to be on that frequency. So it's just a frequency. It's like tuning the radio. If you want to get into one FM station, you've got to turn it until you tap into that frequency. Otherwise, you're going to hear something else. And I ask myself, so what is the frequency I want to be in and that I want to tune to so that I remember things like bringing an extra pair of glasses? But that's just one thing. But my life is full of many, many little disparate pieces that are both observable and not observable, but that make me flow in a way that puts me in this alignment with the, the general cosmic movement. And it's easier, it's nicer. I'm not fighting, I'm not pushing up against a wall. We all want to be in that flow. We don't want to be always trying to climb over the wall. Let's just find the path in and go with the path instead of having to surge over the top of the wall. And so as I was observing this young man and I was thinking, what is he gonna do? Like I sat there for a few minutes and I thought, okay, what are the options? Like if this was mine, what are his options right now to getting himself to the next place he needs to be without being able to see and not being prepared for that situation? And I didn't have any options. I was like, well, maybe the airline will help you. Maybe they could bring you, you know, bring a, a um, wheelchair and get you somewhere. He's like, they're not gonna do that. I said, well, we don't know, we could ask. But what I recognized was there was a, a, there was a fear and a panic in him that was happening when he realized the situation that he was in and what it meant. And I thought, why, when we prepare ourselves to be ready to access our knowingness, like our intuitiveness of saying, I think I should have an extra set of eyeglasses with me or whatever it happens to be. We're tapped into another layer of awareness. It's just awareness, but awareness is the portal into the consciousness and into that cosmic vibration of all knowingness. And so when we're in, when we practice, these mudras and mantras and micro practices and all of these things that we're doing with city and that we're sharing with you, not that you need to do all of them, but in order for us to be on the frequency that allows us to be in the flow that keeps us from having to necessarily deal with some of these little extraneous situations 
that we don't want to be dealing with. We'd rather just have the flow go more easily. But if it does occur, we have resources within ourselves. We have resources when we feel panic or resources when we feel fear or resources when we feel that we're not connected to a situation and there's a sense of being a little bit out of sync with the family or with the situation or wherever it is, the culture, whatever it happens to be, we have resources. That's what these practices bring to us are the resources that when we get in a situation, we're able to reflect and to draw upon this reservoir of possibilities to keep us calm in the moment. He was not calm at all. There was no calm. And later we had a conversation while he had, was still trying to figure out what he was going to do. And he was trying to eat. He was literally picking the food up to figure out what was on his plate to put in his mouth. He couldn't see anything on his plate. We were chatting and I saw that he asked why I was there and what what I had been doing in India. And he had no connection to my journey at all. It didn't. He was in finance and he didn't he thought the whole thing was a little bit strange to be doing. And I thought he doesn't have any resources here of this inner pillar that we're spending our time developing and connecting and grounding so that when we forget our glasses and we lose them on a plane, we've got some other resources going to fill in. That's why we do these things so that as life unfolds around us, which it's going to, we don't feel fear, disjointed, disconnected, and in this world of, I don't know what I'm gonna do next. Um, as it turned out, his glasses had slid forward, which is really odd. They'd gone up several rows and somebody came across them just before we landed. So this, I mean, I've never seen anyone so happy in my life. He was basically jumping for joy. He was so content because he had no solution and nobody was helping him. We'd called the purser, we called the flight attendants, we called everyone. Nobody had a, a solution for him to be able to help him. And I was thinking, you know, I could help him get him out of the plane, but then I had to go get a connecting flight. So I wasn't going to be able to stay with him and help him. And I just, it really stuck with me for the rest of my travels for that day of how, um, what gratitude I have for the centering that we practice because it, it allows me to feel safety no matter where I am and what the situation is. I know I have resources, not external resources, but internal resources that will allow me to stay centered and grounded and reflective of, okay, what are my choices? What are, how do I, what do I do with this situation and not have to go into that place of panic or fear that comes up when we feel we have no power, no internal or external power. So we can't control the external power all the time. Sometimes we can, but not all the time, but we 100% of the time can handle our internal power and resources, 100% of the time. We have that capacity and that capability. So in this season that we're in, in the COVID season, the holiday season, the family season that we're in for us to be reminded that we have internal resources, whether it's the pranayama breath that you use or one of the mantras that you use or a mudra that you use, any of these small practices to be able to keep you grounded while we're going through this busyness of trying to navigate COVID, holiday travel, family, all of the things that are coming together in this time of the year that we feel confident 
that we can handle it, whatever comes up, whatever it happens to be, that we've practiced these different possibilities so that we can draw upon them when we need to, not waiting until it's too late and then wondering how we're going to come up with a solution. We have that in us. So I highly recommend for the next three weeks, four weeks until the end of the year, the next five weeks until the end of the year, that you practice one of these mudras that we've been working with or one of the pranayama practices and disciplines so that you have it at your fingertips. If you need it, whether you're in your home or out of your home or with your family or on your own, even the being alone over the holidays, there's a lot of triggers that happen for us. We're all in totally different situations, each of us on this call, but each of us is carrying our own legacy of potential fear, anxiety, panic, loneliness, all of these things, or even abundant joy in the craziness of it can sometimes be overwhelming. So let's just use the practices and the tools that we have been working with and that we have as part of our toolbox. Go back onto the toolbox on the website and pick up some of those micro practices so that you have them so that you can navigate and see clearly both through your intuition and your connectedness to flow, to be in that flow of life, or also to answers that are coming to you so that you know how to handle whatever is flying in the face of uh, December 2021 as we enter into this new year that's approaching with great speed, that we handle the end of this one with grace that we go out knowing in spite of and in accordance with all that was coming through our lives, we held grace. And if we can do that, ladies, there's going to be a lot of inner reservoir that's going to be re just they'll sink back in. Our, that reservoir will be replenished and replenished when we know that we're utilizing it and there's a movement that's happening through us. So let's call in grace for the next few weeks.